Hello there. Welcome to Somebody That I Know, the podcast where I will have a conversation with somebody that I know. I'm Paul, and there is a vanishingly small chance that I'm somebody that you know. But anyway, welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. Eleanor Roosevelt famously said, Great minds discuss ideas, average minds discuss events, small minds discuss people. But I'm not so sure that things are quite that simple. I like to think that open minds should be happy to discuss any subject, and one topic of conversation is probably just a bit boring. So taking Eleanor Roosevelt's quote as inspiration, I've invited some people that I know to discuss people, ideas and events. Or rather, I'm going to ask them about how we met. I'm going to ask them to tell me about something they're interested in, and we're going to discuss where we should eat and what is on the menu. It's time to meet somebody that I know. Hello, Tony. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Hello. How's your day going? It's good, thank you. It's uh, lo- lovely and sunny here in London. Well, it's Good Friday, isn't it? It is Good Friday, yes. We have the day off, and uh, ironically, I was just uh, talking to some people in the US. The guy is based in New York. Um, my US counterpart is based, uh, one of them is in Chicago, the other one, I don't know where he is. And uh, we're doing an install in uh, in Singapore. This stuff is all sort of done automatically, but it's always semi-automatically. You know, there's there's always some uh, man behind the curtain. Right. You know, and yeah. uh, and that's very very much the case in Singapore. It's better in some of our other sites. But, T- uh, Tony, the man behind the curtain. That's uh, yes. To pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's the lockdown been for you so far? Um. Well, it's been it's been so interesting, hasn't it? I mean, I mean the the, the amazing thing for me, you know, is um, it's almost exactly a month now since we met at uh, at your house, and uh, yeah, you, know, in you, that, you managed to get out just before the getting out, just was, before, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, and, and you're in that time, you know. Um, I mean, at that time, I think there'd been, you know, it's and this is the. Uh, you know, as a as somebody that works with figures, you know, it's just you have to pull yourself out of just looking at it as as one big statistic. You know, it's uh, you know, and especially I mean, New York and New York State of and New Jersey have had it so badly. It's quite surreal because it's from from my little corner of that part of the world. It's hard to actually see anything going on at all. You know, if you don't watch the news, of course, you know, I think everybody's watching the news. You know, on a constant basis right now. But if you don't, um, you wouldn't know there's anything going on from you know from looking out the windows and whatever, and walking around the neighbourhood. <clears throat> it's quieter, but um, just a few miles away, when they're digging mass graves, it's it's terrifying. I know, I know that was a humbling sight, wasn't it? That, mm. uh... But on to on to cheerier things. Anyway, it, it, jolly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, first question for you: Do you remember when we first met? Uh, I do. I, I don't remember the exact first day, but I certainly remember how we met. So we worked together. We did, yes. Um, no, I don't. I don't remember. I don't even remember the year, let alone the month or the week when. Oh, I, I can give you quite a close year. I think I started there in '94, and I left there in '95. Was it was it really that short a tenure there? I, uh, yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, it's. Um, I do have a, an amusing story about one of the reasons I left. The best thing is that the company involved has now disappeared. It, it's not for the same reason, is it? <laughs> no, no, no. It's because they didn't listen to me. Ah, 
probably <laughs> probably nothing to do with it um it was um it was Woolworths um but not the US one i don't have, is that still going no 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 okay so so yeah but Woolworths in the UK was had been separate for years and years and um you know and and, and obviously that you know they were on every high street and big stores and so on and um and i was called in and occasionally you know because i had sort of product specialist on you know you may see this you know that when you don't have sales guy on your uh, on your on your card you know people open up to you you know yeah, and and, yeah. Uh, and ask you and ask you questions and what you think and stuff it was quite new for me they were just um the store stores were just way behind in technology and given that it was 1995 and microsoft windows 95 was about to be launched uh, which is effectively the basis of all future microsoft windows products yeah and they had um, decided to evaluate uh, Windows 3.1, which was the uh, the previous version of Windows, which was had a year left of support, yeah. and that was it. And uh, you know, being um, you know, if you want to be friends with, you know, I said, well, um, you know, maybe you should look at Windows 95, you know, that process. And they said, no, we're not looking at 95. I said, I, I kind of, you know, you really should. You know, it's. Uh, I didn't want to because you know they were going to uh, you obviously buy all these upgrades. Uh, you know, because they they were just losing DOS, I think stuff without a window, which which would confuse anybody under the age of forty. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so I said, no, no, you really should look because uh, you know, you know, surely you've got to just to have a look at it. You know, in this process. And I was in the um, car on the way home with the uh, with the salesperson, and uh, they got a call. We don't want him coming back into our office again. <laughs> It's the only time I have, um, you know, been uh, effectively barred from a customer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, obviously the benefit of hindsight, what I did was I embarrassed somebody and uh, um, and so on. But you know, boy, was it the wrong decision. And uh, you know, so and and of course, um, so ninety five, and they went uh, what mid uh, was it in the crash? Yeah, it was in the it was in the uh, the Banking yeah, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, if I'd have told them, well, look, you're going to be out of business in twelve years' time, you know, then uh, maybe it would have focused their minds a little bit. So yeah, so the ni- ninety four to ninety five. So um, uh, I, I do remember sort of fairly quickly after um, you started, we kind of gelled over very inappropriate humour. Um, particularly, particularly for our workplace, although we were working with a group of people who were all of our age and we were all really quite young at the time, there was a kind of, I always felt a kind of um, prissy prudishness about many of our colleagues in that team and uh, and having the, a kind of, having a bit of a laugh as, as you and I used to was, was frowned upon really as not being serious or not being... Uh, not being salesy enough, I suppose. No, that was definitely true, and there, there was definitely an element of the, the, the worst, you know. And, and as I sort of reach, um, you know, thirty something years in sales, you know, it, uh, you know, you can afford now and again, um, you know, looking back at things and uh, and and what I think about these, you know, I, I've I've loved working with everybody because you know what, you you love the little foibles that people have, um, mm. but there was that, that there is an element, you know, which is. Um, People think they're slightly better than they actually are, you know. Um, <laughs> Isn't that just a general truism? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably true. Yeah. yeah. 
I just ninety-five percent of people think they're above average in driving ability. <laughs> well, mind you, mind you, of course, uh, you know, in in these internet days, everybody thinks they're a, you know an expert. I was going to swear then, but you know, the, uh, <laughs> you could swear. That's fine. Yeah. Everybody thinks they can have a fucking podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and any anybody can do it, mate. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. That's self-evident, I think. Um, uh, or, or as I told somebody that uh, um, he's, he's taken to believe that we never landed on the moon, and he said, "I've been doing my research, and I suddenly realised that's a trigger word for um, conspiracy theorists." And uh, I said, yes. "No, you've been watching videos on YouTube." Yes, because uh, you know, research ain't what it what it used to be. You know? Isn't it odd? What? Why? Why has this happened? Oh, because it, it um the, the the wonderful thing about the internet has given everybody a platform to uh uh to to espouse anything they want to and uh... no I get I get that but why why this sudden surge in believing the the utterly the 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 blatantly untrue for a start you know the flat earthers and the um and the uh, uh the the, the moon landing deniers to to you know it's everything every every single thing that you can think of there is somebody out there who believes that it's all a lie because I, well, I'll, I'll, going on? I'll tell you a reason it's not um uh, i'm going to mention religion but don't panic because you know what i mean it, you know people have have different beliefs and it's part of what, you know, what we are to uh you know to, to say okay look you know that's um you know that, that that's your belief and, and i don't believe with it do you think conspiracy theories are then Filling the void where where organised religion has failed for people. Um, yeah. So do, do do we do we need to believe that there is uh, going back to our earlier statement? Do we need to believe that there is somebody behind the curtain and that somebody is either is either the deity or is a cabal of business people or it's the it's whoever is building the uh, the fake moon landing sets or whatever because. Otherwise, if there isn't anybody behind the curtain, then there's only us. Is that what it's all about? And and, and more than that, um, that the person you know it, uh, who is believing these theories wants to be special. You know, he's he's in on a secret that nobody else knows, and, and everybody else has to wake up to uh, you know to, to what he thinks and has has discovered himself with the aid of you know two hour long videos on YouTube. Yes, I mean the. In in the current situation, it is causing a a lot of problems, and and ignorance kills, you know. And and but there is a the thing that really gets my back up, Tony, is the is the willful stupidity. It's it's those people who you know, um, I could listen, I could listen to the advice and stay home, but I'm not going to, because that doesn't suit me. And therefore, I'm going to say, no, this is all nonsense. They're just telling us to stay at home because they want to control us. I'm going to go to the beach. Fuck everybody else. And it's, it's you know, I, I don't believe there are that many people who really think there is no problem with this virus or really think that there is no problem with the climate or with, um, you know, with any of the other pressing problems which are facing us. It's just that they... Um, just as a as a finger to society, say no, I'm I'm not going to play that game. I'm going to do what the hell I want, and that that I find is very dangerous. Oh, uh, it is tremendously. And um, somebody had told me that uh, you know that, that that we've got a generation of people who just haven't been used to any sort of countrywide restrictions. 
you know, and exactly that, you know, yes, we'll do what we can because, uh, you know, you do what you're able because, you you know, we're free and, uh, um, you know, you can do exactly what you want. Um, and they haven't been through that sort of wartime scenario um, of, uh, you know, everybody work for to, for the greater good. No, I mean, well, we, we, we're largely of the generation that has never experienced anything like that. The only thing I can think of um, just in the early part of my of my childhood in the early seventies was the, uh, you know, the three day weeks and the, and the power cuts every night, you know, ha- having power cuts because, you know, in, in this part of the world, when there's a, a, a storm or whatever, the lines come down, the power is off for a couple of hours until the, the linemen come mm-hmm. out and, and re- repair it. But in 1973, the power went off every night because they shut the power grid down mm-hmm. because, because everyone was going on strike. And, uh, I remember my father saying to me that he, when he worked in the civil service in the early 1970s, having to crouch down on the floor with his boss with a candle to try and read the latest communique from number 10 <laughs> as to what they should be doing next. Do not light and a naked just, candle. <laughs> <laughs> Bugger. It's just this idea almost of sort of like the high priests of the civil service on their knees in candlelight trying to <laughs> trying to read the read the proclamation. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just within within memory but since then we haven't really had any kind of central government control or or anything that that our parents went through that the nearest we had was for a very short period um and we were stuck in singapore which was for um uh when the volcano went off in iceland i'm not going to attempt to pronounce ah, it yes. and, and we were... yes exactly yeah, bless you and um <laughs> uh and uh, you know, so we you couldn't fly home, and it was, um, you know, the my mum was saying, um, well, yeah, there's there's Royal Navy warships on the way to get you. I said, well, mum, it'll take three weeks to sail here, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, let alone get back again. Um, well, and, they heard, they've heard they've heard what you did to Woolworths. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, so all the the, uh, the the stock exchange in Singapore went down forty percent. Um. Uh, but oh, she and she also said, you know, "Do you mind, um, you know, starting? You know, why don't you start back over land?" You know, I said, "Well, it's your choice, Mum." But uh, we, you know, we flew over Iraq and Afghanistan on the way, so uh, <laughs> it's probably be an entertaining journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I take my risk with some volcanic dust, to be honest. Yeah. Well, but, but you know, it was that feeling of helplessness. You know, we had nothing else to do but just go and find a cheaper hotel and uh, and sit it out for a week. You know, and mm. in actually in common, you know, the um, uh, you know, the the actual um, you know, the, the prognosis. What can we actually do to help? Is we'll sit down in a very nice four star holiday in off uh, you know off the coast of Singapore and um and enjoy the sun. Well, it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, you know. No, and, no, I, uh, I I I remember. Um... About 10 years ago, um, just after my father died, um, uh, we took mum to, uh, on, a, on a short holiday, we went out to one of the Greek islands mm. and, uh, and went on the day we arrived at the, uh, at the airport to fly out there. After we checked in, we were then given a, um, a photocopy piece of paper that says um, the airport you're flying to is closed t- today due to industrial action. And given that we were flying to an island, that's sort of like... Um, Okay, um, yeah, so, yeah. You're, so, you're, so you're flying somewhere else, um, and then we will transfer you by ferry from the you know the the, the 
the the uh, the airport you're landing at to to your final destination. We thought, well, okay, there's nothing we can do about that now. Let's just go along with it. And what happened was we flew to the uh, to the Greek mainland to a um, uh, to a, a Greek air force base, in fact, mm. um, and uh, and we're put on some buses. We were taken to a really very nice ferry, and then we sailed across the sea on a beautiful, warm, sunny afternoon for a couple of hours. We bought some sandwiches on the boat, and we sat there, and we had a cup of coffee or whatever and a, and a sandwich on the open top deck of this boat, sailing across between these little islands out to the one that we were we were on. Um, and then there were buses to meet us at the end to then drive us to the airport that we would have originally arrived at where our luggage would be, would be waiting. Mm. And, um, and so it was probably all in all about a five hour delay, but on the, um, on this boat, as as we were sitting down thinking, well, this is a bit of a bonus. I remember hearing somebody saying, Oh, it's been an absolute nightmare on their mobile (laughs) phone back home. It's been an absolute nightmare. (laughs) Worst, worst journey we've ever had. It just, it doesn't really qualify as an absolute nightmare. It's sort of like we didn't expect this little um, this little trip to be part of the itinerary. And uh, okay, we get we get there a little bit later than we planned, but it's very much a first world nightmare, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so, so I, I saw. I, I don't um, usually laugh at too many memes, but uh, one said, uh, um, "Gentlemen." All you have to do to save the world is sit at home with a beer and watch the television. You've got this. <laughs> so I like to mix it up a little bit. Um, I have some friends that don't like the big gigs. I don't mind big gigs uh, occasionally. Um, you know, go to little gigs, um, you know, up and coming bands and so on. Difficult to find places that, you know, that, that up and coming bands can, can go to nowadays. Um, you were you were a Friars at Aylesbury person, weren't you? Yes, in fact, we're due to be going back there on my birthday in July to see the Flaming Lips. And I seem, I seem to recall that you were part of the, um, the fan base that launched Marillion to stardom back in the early 80s were you not yeah very much so um i um i i'm i think i'm on a video that they uh they had uh that their first big concert was at um the, what was the hammersmith Odeon and uh mm. recital of the script and uh yeah. Yeah, the camera pans and you know to a group of people and i probably my what i would have been there 16 17 um mm-hmm. you know, would have been in there you know it uh it's all all very odd so i i was there at that at the same yeah, time there you go so uh, it was the first time i'd seen them in london i um i, I saw them in, uh, the first three times i saw them was in high wickham um Mm. And uh, the first time was was just um, coincidental that uh, they, it was one of their first gigs. If you look back at their discography, um, no, their, their gigography, um, and it was at Wick, Wickham College, um, and uh, you know, so you've got the six foot six fish, um, you know, literally having to duck to uh, you know because it was a very small stage, and uh, it was. Uh, but I mean, they were extraordinary for for, for a band playing at college. I mean, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and looking back, as I, I I sort of rediscovered them a few months ago, um, just sort of listening to music on my headset, and uh, and actually that first album, you know, it is 
is just a fantastic album and a complete odds by the way to to most of the other music i was listening to at the time and then of course you've got grendel which was um their um their tribute to genesis i i was thinking because I, I love having little subcategories of music and um uh, one of them is um great the great coders of uh, of rock music you know that that little bit shoved onto the end and uh and the last yeah. two or three minutes of uh, grendel um is uh is just it's just it's all major chords and but it's all done on a um obviously on a synth but you know to sound like a church organ and um uh yeah it, it's just brilliant you know um other other um songs in that category by the way are um uh, mr blue sky by elo and uh, <laughs> and of course um uh, uh very, very different feel very different right? feel uh, and layla of course which you know the, the coda is is much uh, much better there are others I, i'll give you if by the blue tones it's not technically a coda because it's just there's a big um silence in the middle <laughs> it's it's a it's a great um it's a great pop song and uh, it kind of stops very quickly and then starts again with a, with a lovely raucous um, uh, uh, sort of la la lying at the end. It, it's a it's a great pop song. So you mentioned synthesizers, and um, it's it's figured um, quite a lot in some of the work related stuff I've been doing over the last couple of years, which has been talking about um, how new technology can uh, make a big difference if you're open to it. One of my favourite quotes is from Gary Newman, who was talking about the Musicians' Union in the 1970s. And he said, the Musicians' Union tried to ban synthesizers and to ban me. <laughs> he said, which is a, a bit like trying to uh, stop a bulldozer with your hand. <laughs> and uh, when, when you actually go back and listen to his music from the from the late 70s and early 80s, you know, there's actually very little synthesizer in it. There's a lot of drum and bass. Um, which were really carrying the whole, all of these these songs and the synthesizers because there there weren't very many around and they were very expensive and whatever. Mm. Um, uh, they kind of dominate because they were new sounds at the time, but but actually they're just pop songs. Um, and you know whether you like them or not, it's it's just as as much music as as anything else. And the the thing I find fascinating is that actually the music technology has. Has actually made the the the, the old uh, you remember those old stickers you know musicians union say keep music live mm. yes and 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 the 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 interesting thing is that um, you know there was there was ho- the home taping is killing music campaign mm-hmm. yep yep electronic devices you know computer music synthesizers and home taping are are responsible for more people creating more music than than anything since the invention of the acoustic guitar or the reasonably priced acoustic guitar and uh the the music industry killed napster um but not before the genie was out of the bottle and and everything is now is is streaming platforms all music is now digital the industry has changed entirely and and but but the but music is still being created it hasn't killed music at all well the danger is, though, that um, and I, I do support um, you know, the, the biggest um, streamer of, uh, of music because I thought it was the, the right model. Um, they pay artists terribly. But um, when they started up, I thought, well, this is, you know, at least they're being paid something. Um, yeah. And uh, but the danger is that um, big labels now go and test stuff on uh, on digital platforms um, you know, to make sure it sounds right. And then it's launched to a worldwide audience and so on. 
and the danger is that um, music becomes very uniform. But I think that's all, that's that's always been the criticism, hasn't it, of of the pop industry? I think there's no, there's nothing that's actually really changed apart from who those big labels actually are, because the the big labels that that push to push the campaign that home taping was killing music. I mean, home taping was never going to kill music. It was just going to hurt music industry profits. And the same uh, companies who, who pushed to get Napster killed um, was, you know, they they suffered as a result. And, and now there are still mega corporations making millions from music, but they're different corporations. You know, they, the, 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 the music industry money is now, is now focused on, uh, on companies like Apple and Amazon. You know, they're the people who are making money out, out of music. It, it's no longer the it's no longer labels like we used to know them. Well, the, 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 that's the point is that there's now just four big labels, and uh, or is it three now? Um, and uh, I've, I've worked quite a lot with them, um, you know, in everything on music, and uh, um, you know, but they you could be in a bank or a you know a shop or you know a head office of of anything, you know, apart from the the posters are a bit cooler. Um, and and the yeah. shame the shame is for me, you know, that you see, um, you know, that the, the record labels which I loved, which were done on a shoestring in a back uh, street uh, shop, um, you know, that I grew up with, um, you know, after punk, um, you see them now as just a, just an area in a head office of a big label. But that they're the guys, and they still do rake it in. By the way, um, they are doing fabulously well, and no, you know nothing wrong with it. You know, people buy your music; that's what they set up for. But the uh, yeah. but the big thing is now is that and, and the, the 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 massive trend that's been with music over forty years, and you could add film to that as well, is is some um, content is king, um, mm. and and the mm. worth of content has. Um, skyrocketed if you wanted to do some research um have a look at what the beatles publishing rights have sold for over the years yeah and uh, yeah. from the point where they sold their northern songs to uh um to whoever they sold it to to the point where michael jackson um bought it and then eventually paul mccartney um sold you know ford sold some of his recording rights um and it basically goes from 100 quid to 150 million in the space of 40 years you <laughs> Right. The thing I the thing I also found um, quite ironic about this whole thing is that the because of the advent of digital technology, the only way that bands can make money now is by gigging and touring. You know, particularly the the, the major mm. artists, they mm. no longer make any money by selling records, as it were. They nope. can only make money by by selling concerts, and so the whole thing is flipped around. And 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 the digital technology has done precisely the opposite of what the musicians' union. Um, feared, which was they have forced the music to stay live. No, no, uh, no it, it's an oddity. It is completely the opposite to how it used to be. People used to tour to sell the records, um, right? And now they sell yeah. records to uh, to make it on the tour. You know, bands can keep going really probably far longer than that they ever should have done. Anniversary tours is a wonderful um, thing. You know, it's uh, we're going to play the album we released forty years ago in full. <laughs> could you could you miss out the rubbish track? <laughs> you know, I, I'd be craving any sort of takeaway food at the moment. 
my mum uh, died last year, unfortunately. I'm oh, back to death again. Um, and uh, but uh, she um, she was in a home, and the one thing she'd love is um, we'd, we'd bring around a, uh, a McDonald's cheeseburger and uh, and a little portion of chips, which of course then we'd end up buying a Happy Meal um, because uh, it was cheaper to do so. So uh, you know, with, with, um, the last year of my mum's life would be us playing with uh, Happy Meal toys, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm fairly convinced there's going to be a massive upswing with, of appreciation to places like um, KFC and, and McDonald's and so on, because, uh, you know, we've all been missing that, that rubbish food. You know, I would love some takeaway, uh, takeout food, you know, delivered to us, um, you know, while we listen to Coders. Mm-hmm. But I like a bit of seaweed. I like a, um, a spring roll, vegetarian spring roll. Yes. Um, yeah. Our local Chinese restaurant is apparently world famous for one tons. We tried to take some out once, but it was too heavy. <laughs> Uh, so we're talk, we um, talking crispy wontons or uh, or the steamed dumpling type. I, I think they I think they do they do a mix and they unfortunately they only do them at lunchtime mm-hmm. and when we're never here at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, so we've we've never had them. But maybe they're world they're world famous for not ever having it. No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'd like I'd like a bit of, bit of wontons and uh, crispy chili beef. Crispy chili yeah. beef. You know, we can go yeah. we can go wrong with that. You've got to have some uh, um, probably egg fried rice for me. My my uh, my missus would probably say some sticky rice, but uh, some of each. Some of yeah, each. could you could have some of that? Um, some, some noodles because I think that's that's the, your main food groups, isn't it? You've got you've got a meat and a sauce. You've got rice, <laughs> and then you've got something with noodles, and then you've got all the three main food groups uh, covered there. My favourite dessert would be a trifle. Ooh. I, I know it's not Chinese. No, no, oh, but it, no, it but there, no, right? no. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. So, what makes a trifle for you? Let's let's um let's build this up from the component parts and see if we agree all the way up to the uh, sprinkles on the top. Well, you have to have some sort of um, obviously biscuity base, um, and uh, you know, with preferably with a little bit of uh, alcohol soaked mm. into it. Mm. Um, I, I, and, and then, I, I would uh, gravitate towards a spongy. A sponge, sponge, sponge fingers. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll give you sponge fingers. I was probably thinking, if I'm honest, I was probably thinking about sponge fingers when yeah. I said biscuity. Um, jelly in um, the trifle or no jelly? In jelly, jelly. No jelly, very much so. With uh, with lots of fruits yeah. in it. It, ha- it has to make. It has to make a, fair... a. It has to be very difficult to take the first spoonful out. Do you not think? And it has to make a sort of. <laughs> noise when you do oh yeah that, exactly the same noise of taking a large boot out of a muddy field <laughs> <laughs> so the foley the foley artists know exactly what to do to uh to recreate that <laughs> yeah, for yeah the exactly <laughs> square, square buckets need, need one, one large, large trifle <laughs> <laughs> yeah how are we going to make the noise for this trifle um, the same way as we did for the muddy boot oh we need a trifle <laughs> yeah okay okay so so sponge jelly fruit where are we going next um okay so um then you just need the, the finest layer of jam um is that on top of the no that um finest layer of jam on top of the uh the the, the, the jelly okay. sorry okay. um just for a little bit of mm. uh, taste in there and then i like a lot i like a lot of custard it's got to be a good custard um, as well isn't it yeah, you know, and a nice and uh, uh, not sweet, but not too sweet, and and slightly thicker than usual, so yes. that it uh, yeah. it sets, but not not so thick as it's uh, a, you know you could slice it. Not, it not, not a custard tart set. 
but yeah. not a uh, not a creme anglaise either. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere, uh, somewhere between you know a panna cotta, maybe you know, mm. sort of consistency, mm. okay. maybe slightly lighter. Okay. Um, and then some nice cream, uh, whipped only, you know, just no uh, nothing in it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then just uh, some almonds on top. Almonds. Okay. No, you're, so you're not a hundreds and thousands kind of guy, or a silver spoon. Uh, uh, no, no, I can't be. I can't be doing with hundreds. Oh. Too, too many get stuck in your okay. teeth and stuff. I would. I would. I would venture to. Um, uh, only because it's something that doesn't you don't see very often and, and has a, such a, a pronounced flavour um, that that you recognise but don't immediately think of. I would go for chopped hazelnuts. Nice, nice. Uh, that could work. Or a combination, or a, or a blend. It, you could, you could, you know, nuts blend well, don't they? It, uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, you made you made my day. I'm going to think about trifle now for the rest of the afternoon. Um, please do, Tony. I've thoroughly enjoyed catching up with you as always we always guarantee to have a laugh whenever uh, whenever i speak to you so thank you my friend it's been a pleasure here are some of the bits you missed from the much longer conversation that i had with tony i'm a, I'm a professional darling professional <laughs> I, I said to him do you know you're really drunk and you can't play the piano he said no but you hum it and i'll play it <laughs> <laughs> So my thanks to Tony for being somebody that I know and my thanks to you for listening. See you next time when we meet somebody else that I know. Bye now.